You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We're here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your July 18th edition of the podcast, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the uh, ongoing uh, Back from the Dead Price and Eck feud, and uh, we're going to be talking about the game today, which was a narrow win for the Red Sox, but a win nonetheless. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Matt. So um, this whole, uh, you know, just as we had been talking about how nice it was to be talking about David Price, the pitcher this year, um, rather than David Price, the person or whatever, um, this Eck Price thing came back from the dead today. Uh, there was a, a special uh, that aired on Eck, and uh, you know Eck was kind of asked if uh, about the price situation. It was a uh, it was a article. It was Chad Finn wrote an article. Yeah. So so there were there were kind of two things, right? So there was there was the article, and then there was also the the special on Eck that that was a while ago. Why did Price reference that then? Price was trying. I, he got it wrong. Okay. His point totally fell through. But he was trying to say basically that Eckersley's kind of always been about himself and his teammates didn't like him. He said that he wa- I don't know when the special aired. I want to say it was over the offseason. I might be wrong about that. But uh, Price said he watched his special. It was cool. But one thing that stood out was that he had zero former teammates in that interview. Um First of all, that wasn't true. Um, former teammates were part of it a little bit. Um, but also, they, whoever directed it, created it, um, said that it was not designed to be that way. They did interview a bunch of people and cut a lot of stuff because they thought the most interesting angle is kind of just Eck talking himself. So, uh, it was, it was just a really poor point from Price that just totally fell on his face. Yeah, so, that aside, I guess this whole thing started because when when asked about David Price and whether or not he's talked to him since then, Price uh, Eck essentially said like no, and he doesn't intend to talk to David Price. And apparently, that really bothered David Price, um, who said, and I quote: "I've tried to reach out to him. If he wants to meet, we can meet. I'm fine with it. I'll apologize to him face to face. I've done it. This is my third time now in front of the media." But I'm sure he'll speak about it again. And, like, Eck, Eck was just I, – I think this is complete bullshit from David Price, to be honest. I, I don't understand what his problem is here. Eck was asked about it in a feature and said that he doesn't want to talk to Price about it. That's 100% fine. That's his – He didn't say he doesn't want to talk to Price. Listen, Price is out of line. He has handled this poorly. Eckersley is not blameless. He said his quote was, "I don't plan on saying a word to him. I don't plan on seeing him. Never. I don't really give a shit one way or the other. I don't think he really cares one way or the other. I mean, that's not like a scathing quote or anything. But for a guy who covers the team, saying I don't plan to talk to him. I don't plan to see him. I mean, that's it's not great either. I mean, 
I get why Price is upset. He should definitely have handled this differently. But, I mean, I think people saying that Eckersley didn't say anything is a little misleading. I don't understand why anyone would think that Eckersley should have to say anything but that. He doesn't want to deal with this guy. This guy attacked him for no reason on the plane. Um, He yelled at him. He didn't attack him. Sure, but, like, he verbally attacked him and said a bunch of stuff that was out of line about a Hall of Famer who he has no clue about. Like, let's be honest, David Price doesn't know what type of person or what type of teammate Dennis Eckersley is, so just shut up. Like, don't say that stuff. I don't think Eck has any reason at all to say anything but that. Um, He doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't have to. This is all about... He doesn't have to try and cater to make David Price feel better or look better about something that David Price did. So that's the thing that I just don't understand about that. And a lot of people are are saying the exact same things. Like, you know, Sean McAdam uh, tweeted out today, like lots of people, I I suspect I'm tired of the whole Eck Price story, the... uh, Intimidation that the intimation that Eck was disliked by teammates is 100% BS. I mean, why did he bring that part up too? That, that was it. Made no sense. I don't know where he was coming from with that. Yeah, and then um, Keaton, who does the Over the Monster podcast with me, had a good tweet on this. I thought, and he said there are two things that can can be true at the same time. Price is a baby, and owes Eck uh, the effort to apologize for the plane incident, and is clearly He's tried still to hung apologize. up on it. Sure. Um, but then Eck is wrong about the Stroman comments and pitching with emotion should be encouraged because Eck has, you know, criticized that and David Price kind of fired back at him for, you know, when he watched the special on Eck, Eck was doing some emotional things on the mound too. So basically he was calling him hypocritical for that. But the bottom line here is that like, why is this being brought up again? I mean, it, it was weird because I mean, that, po- that, uh, feature from Finn, um, Chad got passed around all day yesterday. I read it. It was just a fantastic article. If people haven't read it, even I mean, the price thing is just such a small part of it. Um, so I definitely encourage people to read it if you haven't. But it's it like the price part didn't get any traction yesterday. Um, and no. then EEI kind of aggregated it and focused on that one little line. And Price saw it on Twitter, and then he uh, kind of. He, like, had the crying face emojis or whatever, and it just exploded from there. I mean, it's... I... Like, there's no defending David Price on this, but, I mean, the way that people talk about him, some of it's kind of gross. I mean, something... Like, Jason Mastrodonato of the Herald uh, quoted a piece from Mike Silverman of the Herald where he said, I'm trying to find the quote, because it's disturbing and starting to feel sad that a 33-year-old man with a dozen years of the big leagues and three-plus years in this market still gets bent out of shape by what's going on in the newspapers. I mean, that... Get out of here. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you do for a job. People are talking about you publicly and I mean people are saying some shitty things about David Price I would get pissed off too I mean it's just this whole situation sucks it paints David Price in a way worse light than he should be in and a lot of it's his fault but then a lot of it kind of just gets blown out of proportion and from pretty much every angle 
Well, no doubt people say bad things about David Price when this whole thing gets brought up, and that's no good. But David Price isn't directing his negative energy towards people who are saying bad things about him. David Price is directing his negative energy towards Eck still. And In this just a bad I mean, he look. does. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's definitely directed some negativity towards the media as well. But yeah, I mean, this stuff with Eckersley, it's obviously garbage. I think part of it is, I mean, if, I don't know if this is true or not, but he's claimed, he claimed again today that he was supposed to have a face-to-face meeting that same year, not long after the original incident to apologize, and Eckersley just decided not to show up, which, I mean, Eckersley could do whatever he wants, but I mean, I get kind of being mad at that too, especially when people are saying, like, he should apologize to Eckersley, and he tried. Um, so, I mean, I get, I get why he's mad that this got brought up again, um, but it just, I don't think he understood the full context when he blew up, cause, like, like I said, the context from the article, it was just such a small throwaway part of it that EEI aggregated and that was all Price saw and it just kind of blew up from there. But Price needs to know better at this point in his career than to respond to small stuff like that. Like he I should just ag- not respond to that at all. If you're a small part of a story, like how, but how I don't does think that he knew that. Act? I don't think he didn't, he didn't read the whole story. But he read the EEI. That, before you go and destroy, like, your, or, like, throw a wrench into your public opinion right now, like, I don't think he do a little bit of research. Well, I mean, I don't think he cares about his public opinion. But, yeah, I mean, he probably should have, but at the same time, it was just a heat-of-the-moment thing, I guess. And, I mean, we've talked about this before. I I can identify with Price and him doing this while also acknowledging it's not the right thing. Like, it's just, he's, this is just who he is. He's a passionate guy about things like that he doesn't like the way he's portrayed a lot some of that's on him some of it's not on him but he uh he just kind of misread the situation for sure yeah i I definitely don't like that it's being brought up again and just not not happy to be talking about david price in any uh light other than as a pitcher for the boston red sox so well the last time this got brought up i got mentioned on around the horn so we'll see if that happens again you personally did I got points around the horn for the last when this actually when this first happened. Yeah. Wait, you're gonna have to explain this a little bit more for for me and the audience here. I uh, I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but I wrote some. The headline I wrote for the story right after this happened was basically that the whole thing was stupid, and that I was mad that I had to write about it. And uh, Tony Rielli thought it was funny, <laughs> and he. Put it up on the screen on Around the Horn when they introduced the topic and gave me three points. All right. Well, at least we know what your value is, Matt. Yeah, hey. It's more than you. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take a break there. Uh, When we come back, uh, after a word from our sponsor, we're going to actually talk about baseball here. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON. Okay, welcome back for segment two. So we actually did play a baseball game today. and it Well, was, uh, the Red Sox did. The Red we Sox did. did. Um, it went way too long, and the Red Sox did win. They won 5-4. to four. Um, This was a painful game to watch from about the... I don't know, when did Barnes come out? What was that, 
eighth, some, from the eighth inning on, it was painful to watch. Um, but, you know, uh, starting pitching was good. Eduardo Rodriguez was pretty good in this one, I thought. Uh, he only allowed, uh, th- what was it, three hits. Yeah, three hits, three walks, uh, struck out four guys, allowed two home runs, but not big home runs that had uh, men on base, so that was a good thing. Matt Barnes, I thought, looked pretty excellent today. He was using his fastball a lot, but then the wheels kind of fell off with another bad outing from Josh Taylor. I thought this one was markedly worse than his outing yesterday. And then Brandon Workman um, made me sweat quite a bit and threw 45 pitches. By the way, that was 100% the wrong choice to send him back out there for the ninth inning. Yes... I don't think he should have been back out there, but I also would have not have felt good about anyone else being in there either. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you probably have to go to somebody else, but, I mean, I if it's Darwinson Hernandez or Colton Brewer in there, I'm not feeling any better. I don't know, man. I, I would feel much better about one of those two guys with a clean inning in front of them than I would after watching Bar- uh, Workman, I should say, struggle to get out of the jam that Taylor had got him in in the first place. I think we disagree. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, it's the bull- there's no good options, basically. Sure, I mean, that, that definitely speaks to the issues in the bullpen, but it, he didn't have a single easy uh, at-bat, or, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, a, a, sing- a single easy batter that he faced he it seemed like he went to a full count on almost everybody he saw well no he struck out Sogard on four pitches and he got Carrero on four pitches so I mean he had some at-bats that were relatively easy but yeah I mean it was it was the Brandon Werken that we've seen all year kind of walking a tightrope Throwing a lot of balls and throwing more pitches than you would like to see, but I mean, he ultimately got out of it. Um, and now we're not going to see him for a couple of days because he just threw 45 pitches or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, the workman, I mean, he – so let's let's dig into this a little bit more, I think. Um, workman, when pitching to smoke, six pitches there, then 10 pitch at bat to Galvis. Okay, and that's just to get out of the inning. And then when he comes back in, he's got seven pitches to Hernandez, another six to Jansen, four, which was the Sogard at bat that you talked about, and then four to Guerrero. Um, but then Grichuk was another seven pitch at bat. I mean, that's that's laboring, dude. That's a lot. I never said you. I never said you didn't throw a lot. I just said he threw forty five pitches. <laughs> I think I said the same thing in just a lot fewer words. <laughs> I, I guess I just, like, the 10-pitch at bat was Galvis, and so that was to close out the eighth inning. And at that point, like, you've already thrown 16 pitches. I don't think that Galvis at bat was an easy one, you know? So, like, it definitely was. Why not? I don't really know what your point, point I guess my point is. is my, my point is, after he's just labored, why wouldn't you want to go to a fresh arm there? Because your fresh arms are Darwin's and Hernandez and Colton Brewer, and I mean, if you don't want, if you want easy at bats, those aren't really the guys you want. I don't know, man. Darwin's and Hernandez I, like, comes in throwing heat at like ninety-eight miles an hour and has a nasty slider. 
Why wouldn't you want him? Uh, you seen his walk rate? I know he's hasn't walked many guys in the last four outings or whatever, but I don't, I'm not confident that he's over his control issues. I mean, look, I said I would have taken Workman out too, but I don't think that it was some slam dunk decision. I think that it was going to be a rough time no matter who was in there because that's just the Red Sox bullpen. Yeah, it's not good right now. I, any way you cut it. Um, on the offensive side of things, just to wrap it up, um, Rafael Devers obviously just having another monster night. 18th home run tonight. Uh, drove in four runs. Seems like every time he gets an opportunity, he does something. And then Xander Bogarts, again, um, two more hits, double and a single tonight. Just those guys keep delivering. And Brock Holt, too. Don't forget about Brock Holt. Another three-hit game for him. All yeah. singles. That's He's true. a Babbitt machine right now. He is. What's his Babbitt right now? I looked the other day, and he had like a 480 Babbitt in July or something like that. Oh so, I mean, it might it might actually be up to like 500. Let's month. see. Um, Brock Holt, Babbitt. Um, 426 on the year. Oh, my word. <laughs> so crazy. Let me see. July. Does that include t- today? That does include today. Wow. Um, he, these don't include today. He had a 480 BABIP in June and a 450. He has a 450 BABIP so far in July, not counting today, when he went three for four. Based on his hard hit rate, you think that's sustainable? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to have like a 100% hard hit rate. All to, the hard uh, hits. But he is, I mean, he's hitting the ball well. Yeah, he is. Much, much better than he ever has in his career. Um, I listen. He's not gonna say anything close to this, but I, I could see him being like a three twenty-five to three thirty-five guy, in the best case scenario. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. But uh, you know, nice year for Brock Holt to kind of have his career year because they've definitely needed that stability when he's been in the lineup. He's been really good down there in the, you know, what was he in the nine hole today? Um, yeah, he's been he's been hitting ninth most nights, which is yeah. I mean, he's. It's kind of the anti-2019 hitter because he just has zero power whatsoever, but he's putting the ball in play, and it's turning into hits. Yeah, and uh, one of uh, the people who follow me on Twitter pointed out that um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is in a bit of a slump right now. He's three for his last 20 after, you know, really writing the ship for a while, and he's been he's been a completely different hitter, but he looked pretty bad tonight too. Yeah, he had a... Wanted, I think he had, he had one fly ball that for some reason I remember that was hit well. But, uh, I mean, if that's the best thing you could say about him, offensively at least. I mean, he, he had that nice play defensively when he got uh, Justin Smoke going for a double. And Smoke, honestly, that was the slowest I've ever seen a human being run. I, <laughs> I went back and watched that play 20 times um, throughout the night. I could not believe how slow he was going around first base. Yeah, Smoke is not a fast man. He's not, means. but that was like that was like some Kendris Morales ass running right there. I think mean, that was <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was slow. Don't run on Jackie, especially if you run like a three toed sloth. He he was running in tar. I mean, it's, <laughs> I I can't get over how slow he was running. Well, they did set up that quicksand between uh, first and second. <laughs> so. Seriously, I mean that is exactly what it looked like. Yeah, that wasn't great. But you know what? The the important thing here is that the Red Sox get the win. 
Um, you know, they've won, they've taken two out of three so far from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. So we'll hope to hope to cap this thing off tomorrow. Who's going for the Sox tomorrow, Matt? Uh, well, if they play, uh, it will be Chris Sale. Mm. But uh, it's no guarantee that they're going to play tomorrow. And if they do, there might be a delay or two because Hurricane Barry is in the area. Well, it would be heartbreaking if we had to record the podcast at a normal hour. So It's well, a 1 o'clock game anyways. Oh, okay. Well, there goes that. Um, all right. If you like the show, please go on and rate and review us and follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On Red Sox account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins for all your hurricane updates, and you can follow me at at DevJake for updates on Xander Bogart's stats, um, and you can ask us questions and interact with us there. You can also urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show, and fans of the league as a whole tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thank you very much, people, and we will be with you tomorrow, rain or shine.